It's episode 959, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. Oh, what's up? What's that? Hey, you know, this is, this is an interesting pivot week for society. We are officially after... March Madness, it's done. Award season is done. Uh, coming up this weekend will be Easter. And then we're off and running to Mayflowers and summer trips and all that stuff. I feel like all the end of, you know, the early year stuff is wrapped up and we're, we now turn it and we're looking forward. Do you guys have any, I don't know, pivot moment thoughts, any kind of takeaways from everything society just experienced for the last month before we turn the page? I, I do. And I, I particularly question for Derek here. Because we, we came out of the Grammys, which I thought, yeah, it was, it was you know, it was like basically a week and a half just, ago. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. it was a long, it was basically a long concert, but there was no one being assaulted, so that was good, at least on stage. Praise, praise um, God. Yeah. So, but but now we're moving into like music festival season, and you know, Lollapalooza released their lineup, and it kind of landed with kind of a dud. Like they well, have and, like, and Coachella this past weekend, Kanye out. backed out. Kanye backed out. Yeah. And it seemed, and, and then prior to that, we had the Grammys, which which was other than uh, something I just heard about. Did you guys hear about Will Smith and Chris Rock? <laughs> Unbelievable story there. I don't know if anyone heard this, um, but like other than that, I feel like the the award season was pretty unnotable. No one really cared, and I feel like festival season is also shaping up to be pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, you know, Derek, you're obvi- you're an artist. Like you have a really high degree of awareness of what what you know music fans in particular are looking for but do you guys all kind of feel like these collective experiential things you know i don't know if it's just coming out of a pandemic and you know lifestyle changes but it just seems like there isn't the same degree of enthusiasm as there used to be not just awards and and festivals but kind of these big collective things in general I, I don't I don't really know what the what the cause is, but is that something you guys observed, or is this just am I kind of off base here? I feel it too. That's a good question. Uh, you know what? I feel like uh, because of the pandemic, there hasn't been a lot of like like cultural moments. Like there hasn't been a lot of things because I mean, in order, in order to have those kind of moments, like you kind of gotta be able to go out and do stuff like I mean there's been less collaboration people doing stuff over zoom and all of that good stuff so I don't know I feel like like I'm more excited to see what it's gonna look like two years from now once everybody's mm-hmm. kind of like back free and wide open and all of that um I'm actually on the board for the Grammys in uh in Nashville and mm. that's you know behind the scenes that's that's one of the main things is just like okay like even the Grammys we've had to really sit back and think like okay like what is the protocol for COVID I mean still right now like what's the protocol yeah. for COVID how does this work out so it, it, it's really you know and then also you know they're also trying to figure out like 
what's going on with diversity and trying to make sure the right person gets the award, et cetera, et cetera. So I can't speak for like everything else, but I could definitely speak for that. And I think a lot of artists, I, I could tell you from my experience as far as making music during the pandemic, it's just been hard to just muster up that. So you, we haven't really got to, I mean, besides if you're talking about the main just hip hop artists, I mean, we got Kendrick or we got, we got Kanye and we got Drake. You know what I'm saying? We haven't really got a lot of like our top echelon artists feeling headline festival headline. Yeah. Yeah. Headliners. So it's like, yeah, I I think it's hard. And then, you know, you think about it, if I'm Coachella and all of those guys, it's like, well, dang, you know, who knows if there's another COVID spike, what'll happen? Do I, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I don't know. Yeah. It's, It's just, I think we forget we're still in the pandemic a little bit, you know? Yeah. We just came out of South by here in Austin by the time when this is airing a couple of weeks ago. And it, I don't participate in South by a lot, but just from living here, I could tell that it felt a little like the closest back to normal that, you know, since 2019, the last time South by was, you know, kind of normal. And then, yeah. you know, ACL was back on this last October. It's coming back this year. And so here in Austin, these outside things, I think they're getting to where we're getting a little bit of touch of normal again, which is, Right. Good. I like it. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's it's just hard to get in like gauge like the cultural enthusiasm for mm-hmm. big collective celebrations anymore. You know, like well, it, I, I think I think our our consumption habits got so niche during the last yes. two years. Like we all yes. found our lane. I'm gonna inhale that and the collective moment. We're not driving around, so we're not listening to terrestrial radio. So that top 10 isn't really in our playlist. We get our own playlist and we get our own thing. And I watch this streaming show, not that streaming show. You know, I just feel like we have so many more options now. It dilutes everything. It's great because you can find something that you love and it's not just homogenized mainstream generic. You know, it's not another CBS sitcom. You can enjoy this. I I think that's part of it is that we all have got our taste has evolved. Our consumption habits have evolved Mm. and we don't have the shared mass experiences nor do we necessarily want to go back to that i don't know i like the social aspect of it i like being part of something that's bigger than me i like going experiencing new things but i agree with you i feel like there's a little bit of a drop off on just the excitement factor to like you know that'll get a big crowd excited you know yeah Yeah. speaking of cbs sitcoms real quick i i'm not really plugged into cbs sitcoms and i and and it's like am i the last one to to realize this that pete holmes our friend i feel like we can call him our friend he's been in you know the relevant world for a long time we've had him in the magazine a number of times been on the podcast to his house yeah did you see what his new show is on cbs I just saw he a plays a professional. He he plays a wannabe professional bowler. That is, I I haven't seen it, so I can't make any judgment calls. But if you were to ask, hey, Pete Holmes, this kind of very interesting um, uh, comedian uh, writer, you know, he wrote a really interesting book. I got to interview him a couple of years ago when that came out about his own personal faith journey. I feel like his podcast, "You Made It Weird," is a, another really interesting show. He's he's done numerous collaborations with Judd Apatow, including an HBO series. A show about a Midwestern dad who who gets laid off from a car assembly line to become a professional bowler on CBS is not what I expected, but nope. uh, I'll give it the <laughs> benefit dope. of the doubt. Hey, I mean, you got to get your paycheck somehow, man. I'm sure yeah. it pays well. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to one of our favorite groups, Johnny Swim. Some amazing, exciting stuff coming from them right now. Um, always 
Excited to have them on the show. Johnny Swim's coming up. Also, we have a very special game. Oh, boy. It's it's uh, just stay tuned. Michael Bay's involved. That's all you need to know. All right. Well, stay tuned. Up next. Coming up next, it is Slices. And I'm missing You're listening to Daywave. The song is Past Life. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... I'm going to slice it up fine. <laughs> All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, well, speaking of uh, uh, entertainment consumption, I have an interesting story. I'm interested in your guys' take here. Uh, Jamie, particularly yours, because I feel like out of all of us, you are kind of the movie aficionado, um, especially as of late. Why do you say that? Because whenever we talk about a very normal movie that everybody's seen, she says, I haven't seen it. Why do you say she's the aficionado? It's only because I've been to the movie theater a lot during our global pandemic. She, I would say this, out of of all of us, Jamie seems to enjoy... Well, I'll say this. We're on text threads and things, and occasionally like Jamie did a deep dive into the Planet of the Apes franchise the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? I'm not. I'm just saying. I never she's watching it. a lot of Surprise. movies. <laughs> Shocker. Which one did you get to, Jamie? Which one did you get to? <laughs> the last one I told you about. <laughs> the first one? You didn't get through the first one? I thought you were marathoning them in one night, Jamie. I was. I, I got through two. And, what, is there three? I think. Yeah, I think there's three or that four. I got through one and a half. Jamie okay. has seen the first half of more movies than well, anybody the, on this the, podcast. Okay, the, 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 oh, but to be fair, but Jamie is very well equipped to, to answer the question I'm about to propose. Okay. And the question is, is this trend good or bad, or, or are you guys indifferent about it? Uh, Netflix has announced that they are releasing a new um, interactive rom-com. I believe it's a uh, like an extended series. Um, and it has, you know, it, you know, reasonably well, reasonably good, uh, sort of credentials in the rom-com world. It's written by the same person who wrote like Runaway Bride and was involved in a lot movie. of sort of the, uh-huh. the yeah, late 90s, like sort of the golden age of rom-coms. Yeah. Like it was, it's one of those, uh, writers and producers. You got mail, Sleepless in Seattle, yeah. Runaway Bride. It, it's yeah. star, it's starring, you know, uh, several kind of Disney adjacent young actors in their twenties. So some interesting sort of, uh, a rom com credentials, but the twist is this. I'm going to read from an article that you can unpack more on relevantmagazine.com. Um, but uh, the the main character and viewers will be able to will have to make tough decisions ranging from serious uh, serious ish ethical dilemmas to frivolous truth or dare games. There'll be um, multiple options from the character, and depending on which options the uh, viewer chooses, 
the story that they see will change. So it's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure type of TV series. Now, I know they've kind of dabbled in this before. There's an episode of Black Mirror, which honestly, I didn't get through because I didn't, you know, I just went online and read what the outcome of all the choices would be. The most shocking thing to me is that you, instead of watching movies or shows, will just go on and read recaps of them. Like I, it, it, I do not understand this on, about you. It depends on it depends on it's like if it's a show I'm very interested if I want to watch for the entertainment value. Sometimes I just want to know what the buzz is, you know. Mm. Um, but but for this in particular, I I do not like this trend. I mean, I, I have I don't like having any like personal opposition to it. It's just. I don't want to have to make decisions while I watch TV. Like I, it's very <laughs> passive experience for me. Like yeah. I do, I'm doing it so I don't have to think. Right, mm-hmm. Jamie, as 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 a, as someone who's who's watched a lot of movies lately, the first half of a lot of movies. Yeah, but but to be fair, if if coming into the first half, you could say, That's hey, all I need. It could it yeah, could change. Would that keep you, Jamie? Would let that me tell keep you, you engaged? Let me tell you, if you only watch the first half of the Sixth Sense, you did not get the. Full I have experience. seen that home movie. Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Okay. yes. Jamie, would would something like this, where there's an interactive element, where the viewer actually kind of controls the outcome of of the 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 series or, or the plot, would that something that would keep you engaged? I don't have time for that. It's why I don't, I don't have time for American Idol because I don't want to be voting. Like I just yeah. want to like watch the whole series over a weekend. Like like watching. Mm. St- then you have to watch it live. Who watches things live? I don't. I never watch anything live. Every or when it comes on that night. Sports. It'll just be sports. Sports, yeah, yeah for sure, because it's right then. Um I that does not appeal to me because I I'm like you, Jesse. I just want I want to be entertained. If I want to make a movie, yeah. like make choices about it, I should go be a producer and make movies. But I just want to watch movies. Growing up, I did enjoy the choose your own adventure books, you know? Like I, I liked those in fourth grade. Uh, there was a there was a sitcom on Netflix that I really liked from Tina Fey called The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And mm-hmm. after the series ended, about a year later, they came back with a bonus movie. But it was like this gimmick that Netflix was doing of like choose your own adventure. Like throughout the yeah. movie, like you could like choose plot points and stuff like that. It felt like such a just a gimmick. It was so unnecessary. Just it let me watch a gimmicky. Kimmy Schmidt movie. Like I miss I miss Kimmy Schmidt. I just want to watch a Kimmy Schmidt movie. I'm not I'm not the di- writer here. I'm not the director. Yeah. Just do your job. Now, now, Cameron, you did say something that I hadn't thought of where you said, you know, the only thing you watch live is sports. If they had this option, if there was like an upstart sports league <laughs> that I got to vote on plays or pick the play or, or pick substitutions, in? I am heck yeah, I'm watching that. Like, just if you come could, sit with me at Magic Games. That's what I do all game anyway. I'm telling <laughs> but, them but, plays. But, I'm telling them you, substitutions. Time out. Time everyone out. Right would now. do that because everyone that's watching sports thinks they knows what is best in the moment. Could you? Could you imagine watching a football game or something and it's like fourth and third, right? And it's like, all right, <laughs> everyone get to vote. vote. Like Madden no. style. Like the plays come up on yeah. the screen and the one I'm that gets voting. the most votes is I'm what they have to that. vote. Ah, oh, I'd do that all day you long. I don't care what it costs me on my phone. I will pay all of the charges. I'm voting. Oh, dude. Oh, if we yeah. just came up with a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I did. Why hasn't any why hasn't some sports league thought of this for like a minor league or whatever? Like oh. G League, no one watches G League basketball. If you got to pick plays, people would start watching. If they were vo- I, I'm just saying. I would. Yes, yeah, so would I. It's a great I get idea. Side I, eyes I from the coaching staff. Clark, Clark, edit day. this out because this is no. too good of an idea to release oh. in the wild. <laughs> we gotta pitch this. No, just do just bleep out the good parts. You know who's gonna just, take our idea? 
Elon. Who? Elon's going to yeah, get Elon this. Musk. Ah, yeah. yeah. Or Donald Trump. Both of them. They're going to partner on it. <laughs> if Trump does it, it'll just be wrong. janky and like, and the tech won't work for oh, months, oh, and then we'll, and we'll all stop oh, using no, it. Yeah, he'll raise, it'll, it'll raise a lot of money, and that no, yeah, no. we don't know what we don't know where the money goes. Or they'll just say like the vote was wrong. They'll they'll say the vote was wrong. <laughs> oh, that's right. Blow, blow. America votes on that play, blow, and they call another one saying the vote was rigged. I, I voted for. I voted to go on fourth and three. Why does it say that Dominion voting machines overthrew it, and now we're punting? What the heck is happening here? Did Venezuela do this? Were they involved? Oh, there you go. Start this down in Venezuela. Find a Venezuela soccer yeah. league or something, yeah. and then we can test it out. All right, what do you have, Derek? So, um, there's a new development around Jesus. You can't make and something new about Jesus. Like a housing development? No, there's or... a new development that none of us knew was an actual truth, but it's an actual truth, at least in the Marvel world of comic books. Oh, Jesus oh it's Marvel's truth. He was actually a mutant, and he got his powers because he was a mutant, not because he's God, but uh, because he's, he's a mutant. He's an X-Man. So, so they're trying to weave Jesus into comic book lore and put him on par with the other super power figures. Yep. So there's in this, in this new episode, um, there's, it says the Nazarene mutant inspired a church among the humans by raising a couple from the dead. I just watched you beat that in the last five minutes. So it was kind of like this conversation between these mutants and this, and, and one of the characters just kind of throws a little thing out there and says, yeah, the Nazarene mutant inspired a whole church among humans by raising a couple from the dead, but you're even greater than that. So I don't oh, know wow. if that's blasphemous, creative uh, yeah. or whatever, like but, uh, yeah, I mean, it feels like Greek mythology where like there's a bunch of gods and we're, they're all kind of got different powers. But X-Men does that. I mean, like com comic books do that a lot. Like, I mean, even if you're mm -hmm. watching um, the new show that's out, uh, uh, Moon Knight, uh, he's actually being controlled by an Egyptian god. And the Egyptian God is like, he's like the avatar for that Egyptian God. So that's what happens in comic books is they, they use... Uh, you know, things that are that are familiar to us and say, well, what would it be like if this? So I think that this is one of those situations where it's like, hey, here's that. So, you know, guys, don't go boycotting the comic books because it's just they're, yeah, they're not going to care. But yeah, I was, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I don't really I don't really know if. You know, if if that's the line for bad theology and Marvel, like I don't think people are looking to Marvel for theology. I mean, their I creation not. origins are five. Why? They look. They used to look to rappers. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I think people. I mean, I, Christians boycotted Disney in the years past over way less than. Yeah, but but I mean, Jesus like the, the, the whole. Yeah, but the whole construct of the the most of the Marvel movies up to now has been a creation narrative based on five powerful stones that you know right. control all these you know. So it's like what I I, I don't know if they've ever, they were ever really going for any sort of theological or, or religious accuracy because if you try to blend elements of accuracy, 
the metaphor loses its power, right? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. because if you keep it purely metaphorical and purely a thought experiment and hypothetical and fantasy, then you can say whatever you want. It's not offensive because we're just kind of thinking, you know, like we're just kind of thinking about interesting scenarios, not saying it's reality. I don't know. I I feel like I could see why some people get offended, but I don't think Marvel's saying we're actually suggesting Jesus was a mutant. But in this alternate fantasy world, what would it be like if people thought he was, you know? Yeah. All right, Jamie, what do you have? Okay, I have something completely different for us that I have been wanting to talk to somebody about, and you guys are going to just have to bear with me for this. You guys, let's get it. Here in my great spring fashion tips, (laughs) here in my great state of Texas, a flamingo was recently spotted that fled a U.S. zoo. It fled uh, a zoo in Kansas 17 years ago. Okay, this flamingo's name is Pink Floyd. And Pink Floyd has been missing from Kansas City Zoo for 17 years. All right. So there must have been a storm that happened because Pink Floyd is number 492. That's his little number on his leg. Um, Another buddy also left that time, number 347, who hasn't been heard from since. But Pink Floyd was recently spotted in Port Lavaca down on the Gulf of Texas. And it is this flamingo that has been missing. Now, I haven't figured out why they didn't get this flamingo and take him back to Kansas City, but I guess they're just letting him be because he's just down here in Texas now living his life. And he has been gone from that zoo for 17 years, you guys. They think How he's about 20 years old. He, Well, they said they just go from different place to different place. finding. I mean, these are my questions as well. Like, is anyone driving down I-35 from Kansas and the sees a pink flamingo on the side of the road? What's happening? But this flamingo Ew. is hanging out in Texas now. Flamingos are pink. I know this from many, many childhood visits to SeaWorld. They are pink. a bunch of pink flamingos. And they're pink because they eat specific kind of shrimp that is pink. And it turns their feathers pink. So how, if he... And I'm sure in his Kansas Zoo environment, he was given that very specific diet that his that he needs. When he left, what kind of food is he getting on his journey from Kansas to Texas that satisfies what his what he needs? You know, there's no shrimp. There's no pink shrimp. That's a good question. But now he's down on the How Gulf. How did he live? So is my like, point. Yeah, shrimp I don't know. Platters. But he got to the Gulf as fast as he could, <sighs> and there he is. I'll. Say, I just the, the most fascinating. This is 17 years. I just googled. You know, how long do these how, life expectancy of flamingo? Four On years. average, they live 20 to 30 years. They can live up to 50. A flamingo. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, you know, they, you think, know. This, they Floyd, think Pink Floyd is in his early 20s. I mean, hypothetically, Pink Floyd is midlife right now. He's he's he could he could live a 20, another 20 years. He's in his midlife <laughs> wow. crisis down on the Gulf and he's living. He's loving his life. <laughs> That's Floyd, he's got a little hey. bachelor pad down on the golf you yeah. know it's middle midlife crisis that's all that's happening Pink Floyd, Floyd is just trying to find himself is what it is he's just yeah. walking from Kansas down to the Gulf of Mexico it's just crazy to me that he just showed Popping up and on that one leg just what? just all the way down with his little like hitchhiker knapsack <laughs> Listen, he's going through some stuff he bought a Camaro and a jet ski he's just in midlife stuff he's yeah. working it out he'll be uh, fine we'll get him back to Kansas but let him just, working, he's in a phase right now working day and night in kansas just said forget this i'm going to go retire on the beach all i need is like a little break like 17 years (laughs) (laughs) sabbatical (laughs) sabbatical i like it all right well there's more where that came from that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next johnny swim joins us 
Listening to Nick Lang. The song is My Mind is a Mess in the Morning. Whose isn't, Nick? Don't beat yourself up. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad free. You get ad free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives, our beautifully designed digital issue, and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, today's guests are Abner Ramirez and Amanda Sedanu Ramirez, the singer-songwriter duo, better known as Johnny Swim. Together, they've released four albums, including their new self-titled project recorded during COVID lockdown. They're also the stars of the Magnolia Network's At Home with Johnny Swim and the authors of Home Sweet Road. They sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee to talk about what makes their new album different from anything else they've ever done and finding freedom and pushing their own boundaries. Here's our conversation with Johnny Swim. start simple it's been glorious man we're getting our sea legs under us being on tour again you know it used to be automatic we've done it so much for so many years we've toured we used to tour 300 days a year uh we've been on the road for 15 years adjusting for covid 15 (laughs) years really 13 years because two years we didn't do anything and it was uh it took more tonight's show six i believe or seven six six Mm -hmm. and it's taken a little more time to get used to kind of the energy the attention the show we like to put on isn't one where we just perform the songs for folks. We really hope that one level of it feels like community and and that genuinely another level of it feels like communion where it feels like we're gathering around something greater than what's happening on stage or in the audience, that there's something else present in the room with us. That's truly the goal of a Johnny swim show. And, uh, man, that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Even just mental like focus that we're not just playing the songs, not just trying to sing pretty. Let's really have something that could, Honestly, change a life. Let's experience something awesome. We hope and believe that people can walk into a Johnny Swim show and walk out a little bit more excited about the next day a little more brave a little more hopeful a little more in love feeling more loved feeling seen growing up playing music amanda growing up in an iconic household of musicians uh, us both growing up in church there's something powerful man when people open their mouths to sing something not just because the words sound cool but because they in their own lives they've lived lives with these songs folks that come to giant swim shows most of them have stories with why a particular song connects with them. We all do with all the bands we love, whether it was a moment in time, a, a tragedy that a song helped you through or a joyous occasion or whatever. 
there, I really, I think it's significant what happens. I don't know. I don't know what language to use for this either. I just know that there is so much potential in the room when we get together and we start singing songs and we activate, we have a, a conscious, at least us on stage, there's an active consciousness that this could help somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody could be better off for being here. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think on a practical, like practically speaking, because it's not like we've ever had like a hit. It's not like yeah. we've ever had like, oh yeah, these are the hits, you know, these are the ones that everybody comes. Like when we put out a tweet before a, a Instagram poll, like what do people want to hear on tour? The answers are all over the Every place. Like song. putting together a set list. It's not like there, I mean, there's a few things that we always play, but like, there's not like clear, like, oh, we have to do this. These are the clear winners, you know? Um, and so it keeps us like a flexible and it's awesome for us you know because we don't we don't feel like tied down to like a specific set list or a thing that we have to do and it also keeps us open and keeps our ears open where we're watching the crowd we're trying to see what what the room feels like what the energy is like we're changing things on the fly and i think probably a lot of people do do that but i think because we've never had you know we because we've never had like quote unquote hits we've we've really like made that part of our everyday experience of playing shows you know is you know, being sensitive to the room, I think. We can get it back together. So when you started putting together this new Johnny Swim, the new album, what's the, is, is it just like we have an, an idea, an energy, a message that we want to communicate over the course of this whole album? Is this a collection of songs that you've been building for years? And I know some of them have been around for a, quite a while. What is the, the ethos, the energy, the idea behind this album in particular? In, in my experience, I'm learning that creative expression grows and changes much like our children do. The things that maybe excite or or cause a lot of output, the things that entice you to a lot of creative output maybe change through the years as well. The things that make you feel sentimental, how you express a certain sentiment, it changes and it grows, it evolves. Going into this album, the pressure of giving out a new body of work and and artistic output to people that are expecting music from Johnny Swim to fans. And that was really our focus. It wasn't sure. We want to make new fans. Sure. We hope we want to grow every time all all that stuff. But you know, if if you've been craving a Johnny Swim album, what are we going to give you? And it was really exciting to sit and just make what we wanted. We wanted to make truly a Polaroid picture of our, of our artistry. And I think we did that. I, I believe we really did that with this album, which is also speaks to why we, why it's eponymous, why we call it, why it's called Johnny Swim. Because in the truest yeah. sense, this is us right now. This is us now, this album. And so it was really fun to get in and not, you know, it's an independent release. There's no big label, no big A&R, no whatever. We're, we're veterans of this thing and we want to see what comes out of us when we have free reign to make what we want to make. And it was really fun to see the songs come out of us, the the style that would come out of us. Uh, Desmond song is a song that was written, started 15 years ago or more. Yeah. 15, 2007, 15 years ago, but we couldn't have created the song until now. Like the vibe, all the energy, the production. Yeah. 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 
only just now am I capable of creating that kind of vibe. I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a Polaroid picture of our artistry for sure. Having done this now, having created an album like Johnny Swim that feels sort of like it maybe a, a shift or a, a pivot or maybe let's say an evolution from the stuff that you've done before, is this like a new era? Is this the only way you want to be writing and creating from now on? Or No, or? I think it's all based on what feels right when all the pieces come together. Like whenever... You know, this was such a unique moment because it was in this pandemic exactly. and there was so much going on. And I think there could be another album where we're like, let's just do the exact opposite. And like, let's just make fun music that we just want to have fun to. I think that's so I think what you can I want to make expect- a string band album. I want to make a string band album based like home is the song that gets maybe the most response live from us. The theme song for Fixer Upper. Sure. We've never had a hit, but the closest we've gotten is probably our song Home. And that's it's got a kick drum, but I would love to make a, a whole album of of that old school uh, old Crow Medicine Show type stuff before they had a drummer, mm-hmm. like just string band stuff where you got an upright bass banjo. And I would make a whole album like that. I think as long as our fans will allow it, we'll probably continue to just do whatever we feel like feels right when we're in this process of writing and creating. And do what feels fun, you know? I mean... And I, I will say this. The album is incredibly honest and creatively honest. But it's as much because of the vacuum of lockdown as any conscious decision. Maybe more so. Because we sure. didn't have sure. the opportunity to play them live for fans and get feedback from folks. We couldn't right. change or do anything other than make the album that was most honest to us to make. Johnny Swim. Make sure to check out their new self-titled project. It's out now. All right, stay tuned up next. Oh boy, it's a Michael Bay game. listening to Sophie Myers. The song is Let Me Breathe. Okay, it is time for Alright, this is a very special game, very timely game written by our very own Tyler Huckabee. Well, this past weekend, the Bainazance began again with Michael Bay's ambulance rushing into theaters. The Jake Gyllenhaal vehicle heralds the ever earlier return of summer movies with Michael Bay's signature fast cars, daring stunts, and of course, big explosions. While audiences have been flocking to Michael Bay movies for decades, critics haven't always been as excited, often blasting Bay for thin stories, two-dimensional characters, and plot holes you could drive a Transformer through. In this game... 
You'll be given four Michael Bay movies and a line from an actual review, critic review, about one of the movies. You must correctly guess which movie this review was written about. Please note, a movie might be the correct answer more than once. Also, little twist, in this game, each player is given one Bayhem Blast that will blast away two of the incorrect answers, leaving you with just a coin flip option. Uh, You may only use your Bayhem Blast only once, but you can use it at any point during the game, okay? Got it? (laughs) You had me up to Bayhem Blast. We'll have to explain that later, but I got the gist of this. If you're not sure, just call a Bayhem Blast. I'll take away two of the wrong options and just give you two. You got a 50-50 chance at that point. You can only use it once. We got three rounds. Jesse, you're up first. Here is the, uh, the review line. Military idolatry, craven female objectification, and a belief that the rich will save us? This movie has it all. I think I, I, I think I can do this without. Oh, wow. I think I can do it without the guess. Oh, wow. I believe that is that is you know because I watched this film or part of it. I believe <laughs> it is his recent Netflix film Six Underground. Jesse, it wow. is for Six Underground, starring Ryan Reynolds. It, it's the Beach. it was the wealth thing. It was that's a movie has a very odd plot that 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 seemed to be right on the nose for. I can't know, believe Ryan it. Reynolds. All right, man, flexing with the very first option. Here we go. Now, Jamie, hopefully, just having seen probably the first half of these films, you will right. be able to figure this one out. Uh, here we go. Here's the review. Like our two loose cannons with badges, the movie misses its target at least as often as it hits it. Along the way, as well, it will likely batter a few brain cells into a premature grave. Was that review about Armageddon? <laughs> 13 Hours, The Island, or Bad Boys? Oh, I'm sorry, Bad Boys 2. The Island. No, it was about Bad Boys 2, starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Well, that review has aged terribly, because Bad Boys 2 is awesome. Hard stop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hard stop. All right, Derek, here we go. Here's your review. The hyper-jaunty right. technique of cut, cut, cut leaves the audiences gasping for air and never lets a scene's impact truly sink in. Virtually nothing happens, and it happens at the most unrelenting speed. Was that about Pearl Harbor, Armageddon, Bad Boys, or Transformers? And remember, you have your Bayhem Blast. So I have Transformers, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, or Bad Boys. Cut, cut, cut. Leaves the audiences gasping for air. We're going to go Transformers. Answer is Armageddon. Oh, dang, that after. was my first thought, too. Dang. Oh, well. All right, Jesse, you're up. Clark, what's the score? Uh, Jesse has got one and, and zero. And that's it. All right, here we go. Jesse, you're up. After that big flex, let's see what you got. So, so sci-fi that will effortlessly chew up two and a half hours of your life if you feel like dropping your guard and expectations. A perfect case study of everything that is overblown, as in blown up, and emotionally empty about so many Hollywood films. Was that about The Island, Transformers, Bad Boys, or Pearl Harbor? Uh, I got to be honest. The island's a little bit of a of a blind spot. I don't even remember the island. Ewan McGregor but... and Scarlett Johansson were in it. Mm. Okay, well, all right, I'm going to go the island there. It could be it's either Transformers or the island, but I'm going to go the island. 
Go with your gut. The island it is. Correct. Wow. This man, Jesse, is killing it. (laughs) Well, this is his love language, Michael Bay films. I was going to say, you know, he's the auteur that I really (laughs) care about is, is, is Bay. All right, Jamie, here we go. A tepid wannabe Titanic love story under the stewardship of a man whose career has ranged from the emotional depth of an 11-year-old boy all the way up to a 13-year-old boy. Leave it to Bay to reduce one of America's biggest military tragedies into a three-hour avalanche of Kodak moments. Was that review about 13 hours, the secrets of Benghazi? Oh, I'm sorry. 13 hours, the secret soldiers of Benghazi, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys, or Transformers? I'm going to do 13 hours. The answer is Pearl Harbor. Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett. Pearl Harbor. It really would have come together for you in the second half of the movie if you had stayed up. (laughs) Derek, here you go. Here's your review. Remember, y'all still all have your Bayham Blast available. Uh, These are two high-energy, likable performers, and yet long passages unwind in which they are terribly boring because they are working without much of a script. Was he talking about The Rock, Bad Boys, Armageddon, or The Island? The Rock. Correct answer is Bad Boys. No, he didn't say that about Bad Boys. (laughs) Two high energy likable performers, but long passages unwind in which they're terribly boring because they are working without much of a script. I don't know. When did he last see Bad Boys? I watched the Man, this, Bad Boys was fire. I don't know what that, they talked about. That's what I'm saying. Bro. Dude, this is I'm not I, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. I did not know we were playing this game today. <laughs> last night I started watching The Rock. It was on TV, on TNT, and I watched it. You can go fact check me. It was on TNT last night. Okay. And I <laughs> and I was watching it and being like, dude, Rock still the rock still holds up. Michael Bay, he's always had it and always will. Hard stop. Again. Hey, look! I ain't gonna hate. I I I like the rock. I thought the rock it was, was awesome. okay. It was it awesome. Did. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I didn't think it was a bad movie. Jamie's like, there's a car chase. I fell asleep about ten minutes before that. Okay, <laughs> so Jesse has two. Everybody else has zero. But guess what? Any anyone's game because this final round is worth three points. So what we should do is end it with Jesse. So we'll give you two the other options because if Jesse gets it and you get, okay. you know, you're out. So anyway, here you go. So Jamie, we're, you're up first final round three points you still have your Bayham blast although it strives to appeal to the whole family it winds up emerging as a kitty flick on steroids a big budget effects heavy feature film version of a Saturday morning cartoon was that review about Transformers Armageddon The Island or 13 Hours The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi I would like to use my Bayham blast please Oh, Jamie. All right. Wait, I the can blind, do that, we just right? blasted away two. No, we just yeah. blasted away two options. It was so just we just so, blasted away so 13 easy. hours and the island. So, was that review about Transformers Listen, or Armageddon? Derek, I think it's easy too, but this is our last round, right? Yeah. Might as well. Last round. Might as well. You can't I'm take gonna, them with you. I'm going to go with Transformers. That is correct. You're on the board with three points, temporarily in the lead. You can't take those right, big hand blasts. Derek, here you go. The most enjoyable and the most rewatchable action blockbuster of the 1990s. The most enjoyable and the most rewatchable action blockbuster of the 1990s. That's the review. Is it talking about Armageddon, The Rock, Bad Boys, or Bad Boys 2? Armageddon. It's The Rock. The correct answer is The Rock. Oh, you had Holy your bay I only know blast. that. I only know that because I watched it last night on TNT and it was so rewatchable. You had your Bayham blasting. You left it on the shelf. You left your you Bayham blast. I, I, I wanted to I wanted to do a solo dolo. I didn't want any help. <laughs> my, pride, my pride, my pride got in the way. 
Can I also say Bayhem Blast sounds like a Slurpee flavor? Oh, like, yeah. 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 Bayhem Blast. So it looks kind of limey. At Taco Bell. It sounds like uh-huh. something yeah. at Taco Bell. Yeah. yeah. They have yes. the Baja Blast at Taco Bell. There you and go. And then they do, right. Uh, yeah. All right, here we go. Jesse, this is for the win. Okay. Because Jamie's in the lead right now. Never mind the ridiculous subtitle. It's really just a precursor for what is to come from the rest of the movie, which doesn't even try to play down its idiocy. Hold on, can I? I'm gonna. I, I want to. I'm gonna. Before I, it, I, I'm. A, I think it's one of the, the. Before you say them, I think it's one of the Transformer movies because they all. It was like the Dark of the Moon, and there was one other one that had a crazy cool subtitle. The is this your final answer, Jesse? Okay. Yeah, no, no. All right, let me hear okay. the choices. Sorry. So I'm, I'm going to read the title and subtitles since it's what the review okay. references. Transformers: Dark of the Moon, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers: Age of Extinction, or 13 Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. I got to take the Bayhem Blast here, please. <laughs> okay, so we will take away the Bayhem Blast. Takes away Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen and 13 Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. So, was that review about Dark of the Moon or Age of Extinction? I will go <sighs> Dark of the Moon. That is correct. <gasps> you are five, so three close. for three with total of five points, beating Jamie. And I don't, Congratulations, I, don't think, I don't think knowledge of Michael Bay films is something to be very proud of, um, <laughs> but I received this honor humbly. Congratulations. Oh Actually, pridefully, very pridefully. I take that back. There's no humility in this. It's all pride. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll, that'll do it for Bayhem. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Johnny Swim for joining us today. Make sure to check out their new self-titled album. It's out now and check them out on tour. They are unbelievable on the road. Um, Also, if you haven't seen the new spring issue of Relevant, uh, make sure to check it out for conversations with some of our favorite artists like Maisie Peters. Uh, Madison Pruitt is in there. Filmmaker Adam McKay, Channing Tatum, Ryan Reynolds. Shauna Nequist, Bob Goff. It is packed. You can see the ad-supported version for free at relevantmagazine.com. Or if you want to get an enhanced, beautifully designed ad-free version, it's part of your Relevant Plus subscription. Relevant Plus offers exclusive podcasts. This show released early and ad-free. Another podcast called Relevant Plus Conversations, which is full unedited conversations with A-list thought leaders. Uh, We also have exclusive content dropping throughout the month. Um, it's a it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. Great value. Plans start at just two fifty a month, and you can find out more and sign up at relevantmagazine.com. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to check out our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk, as presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can sign up for, or you can check it out right there in the faith section on our website. It's a great way to start your day. Also. If you like the show, let us know what you like about it by reviewing it and rating it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you hear us. We love the feedback. And also, it helps the algorithm. Also, and if you like the uh, music you hear on the show, you can check out the Heard on the Relevant Podcast playlist over on Spotify. We update it every week. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. All right, we'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast 
Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. All I need is like a little break, like 17 years. I'll catch up with you then. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.